Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now Podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Uh, Joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, Shane, it's great to be on the line with you as always. Thank you for dropping by and looking forward to our conversation conversation. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. I hope you're doing well, and I hope uh, everyone is preparing for a nice Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I know we're all looking forward to it, though. Before we get there, Shane, I know there is plenty to catch up on. Perhaps we can begin with earlier this week. I believe it was on Monday evening, President Biden, as well as President Xi Jinping of China, they met via video conference, and they did cover a range of pressing topics. So, Shane, can you provide us with some highlights from this highly anticipated meeting and maybe speak to what the current temperature is of the U.S.-China relationship? Absolutely. And I think you're you're correct to note what's the temperature, because, you know, this is really the first time that President Biden and President Xi have spoken. Um, and it's um, uh, it comes at a time with significant tensions between uh, our, the two countries. And that tension is uh, from a wide range of issues. And, you know, this conversation, as expected, there were no significant results, but the open lines of communications and the frank dialogue, you know, help lower tensions just a little bit. So that's, that's a positive. But, you know, the two leaders covered a handful of issues and agreed to some modest changes, you know, things like visa policies and journalist access. But, you know, there was no notable progress on, you know, the larger issues at hand, like trade challenges um, and uh, the reduction of uh, tariffs. So, you know, I think there's more to be done here. Uh, this was, you know, kind of that first healthy step. I think both sides agreed um, that, you know, we ha- they ha- there is this larger set of issues that need to be managed. But it, it seems that it'll be difficult um, to come to resolution on a lot of these very soon. So, you know, um, a little bit of progress here, but, um, you know, by no means is, is, is this uh, the pathway to a healthier relationship that all these issues get resolved. I think it's just a good first step to kind of level set uh, the Biden-Xi relationship. At a minimum, it's always nice to see both sides coming together for dialogue, though it sounds like an interesting path ahead. Uh, thank you, Shane, for providing us with some takeaways from Monday's meeting. On a somewhat related note, I, I know the Senate advanced the annual defense bill. Uh, this after Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, as well as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, they both reached an agreement on China legislation. So, Shane, can you provide us with some color there? Yeah, so the background here is that um, the Senate's working on the annual defense authorization bill for uh, for the current fiscal year. Now, this bill, um, this annual bill, has passed each year in Congress for the past 59 years. So it's, it's, it's something that, you know, traditionally happens, like clockwork, um, and everyone knows that. And so what happens is lawmakers know that, and what they do is try to um, attach other pieces of legislation to this uh, bill because they knew, know that it's, you know, a moving train and it, and it is very likely to uh, be enacted into law. 
Um, so Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wanted to conclude his bill to increase uh, U.S. semiconductor capacity. And, you know, this is in connection with U.S. competition with China. So um, but you're right that this bill, this uh, effort by Senate Majority Leader Schumer was, you know, um, kind of stalling the progress of the bill. So there was an agreement um, that this legislation would be addressed separately. So um, the Senate can now focus back on the defense authorization bill. And, you know, they're they're progressing on it, but I think. Uh, as of as of uh, this morning, it looked like they probably wouldn't finish up work on it until after uh, Thanksgiving. Um, but maybe they'll have a breakthrough this afternoon. Thank you for the color there. I know it is a busy day up on Capitol Hill. It was a busy evening, which turned into the morning. So we'll cover that in a few moments. I do want to point out that on Monday, it was a very busy day for President Biden. So prior to his meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping, President Biden hosted a very high profile gathering at the White House to witness his signing of the infrastructure bill. So can you, Shane, remind us of some of the more finer points within this package and speak to what the reception of the passage has consisted of? This is a big one for President Biden and his administration. You know, this is a significant uh, investment in our country's infrastructure. And um, this has been something that uh, Congress and, you know, a previous administration have been trying to do, but weren't able to, you know, come together and actually do this. So this is this is a real notch in President Biden's belt and, you know, something for him to be proud of and why he has such a a big ceremony on Monday um, that had um, hundreds of people in attendance. So, you know, what does it actually do? Well, it's over a trillion dollars in spending on infrastructure, you know, from, of course, kind of the the big one that you and I probably think of when we think about infrastructure as roads and bridges. Um, I think that's a, a well over $100 billion. There's money in this for transit and rail. Uh, broadband is a big winner here. I think the legislation provides $65 billion for improving the nation's broadband. Um, of course, airports, ports, and waterways uh, will benefit. Electric vehicles. Um, this legislation provides $7.5 billion for uh, zero and low emission buses and ferries aiming to deliver thousands of electric school buses. Uh, so, uh, I would also mention that, um, the electric grid, uh, there'll be, I think, uh, about $65 billion to improve the nation's electric grid, which, you know, over the years we've seen is not as, um, stable as it should be. Uh, you know, most, more recently we saw, I think about a year ago that, uh, winter storm in Texas that really, um, disrupted the electric grid down there and you saw, um, you know, uh, Texans, faced with uh, freezing temperatures, which they're not used to and, and without electricity are not prepared for. So, you know, um, this is a, a big bill. And, you know, in, in a big bill like this, it doesn't happen all overnight. So uh, we'll see this uh, really take hold over the coming years. Well, it is encouraging, and I'm sure it comes as a relief to many that many of these critical pressing infrastructure needs will be addressed from this package. So thank you for the recap, Shane. It was interesting as I was listening to some of the remarks uh, made at the White House on Monday. I believe it was Vice President Kamala Harris did mention that this package was only part one of the plan. So what might come next and when? Yeah, so I think what she's referring to there is, uh, you know, that was part one is that 
infrastructure bill that President Biden signed into law. Part two would be the social infrastructure bill that Democrats are working on. And just um, a few minutes ago, uh, passed the House of Representatives. Um, this is the roughly $1.75 trillion uh, spending bill uh, with uh, that is mostly paid for with a variety of tax increases that um, would hit on a number of topics. You know, I say social infrastructure because um, this does things like provide for paid family leave, um, also universal pre-K. So, you know, um, this will be a, a, a big, if, if President Biden is able to get this across the finish line, it will probably be his crowning achievement of um, his first term. Uh, and, you know, I think Democrats have that in mind. And, you know, the bill is now going over to the Senate, where we actually expect that um, the Senate uh, Democrats will make a variety of changes to the bill. Um, you know, there are some competing uh, people in the Democratic Party of what they want to put in and take out. So it's going to be an interesting December uh, for the Senate and the progress of this uh, Build Back Better Act. And so, uh, you know, everyone should enjoy Thanksgiving and then uh, be prepared for a a very fast-paced uh, December in Washington, D.C. To that point, Shane, I know we plan to regroup that first Friday of December, so looking forward to following up with you then and seeing what materializes, and it sounds like we do have a busy December ahead of us, though. In the meantime, Shane, wish you and yours a happy, enjoyable Thanksgiving. Appreciate you dropping by the podcast today for sharing the insights that you did, and we will look forward to reconnecting next month. Great. Thank you, Dan. Have a safe and happy uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, I look forward to talking to you after the holiday. Sounds good. Thank you, Shane. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So as a reminder to our listeners and our clients, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication that can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In The Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.